What's up, everybody? It is not Kobe. It is David. And you can find me on Twitter. At, I almost plugged the burner again. It's <laughs> DRivera1222. I'm not doing that again. This is what happens. Keep it professional. Not, it's when Kobe is not here to keep me in line. See, this is why Kobe has to be here. He's off, quote-unquote, establishing a sleep schedule because he's, quote-unquote, responsible or something. So, yeah, it's just the three amigos minus one tonight. Just us kids this week. The, the kiddos. Yep. Well, tis I, Maverick, your boy. You can find me on Twitter at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. And it's me, Aaron. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. <laughs> <laughs> You're too good at this. Thank You're you. You're good at this whole podcast thing. Yeah. Do any of y'all so, have anything going on this week in your life that you'd like to tell the world? I no, not really. I, I will say though, Maverick, I did get tickets to the the candlelight stuff at the Biltmore, so I will be seeing you Yay. at some point. At some point in December. Yeesh. So, um, but other than that, I think everyone is mentally ready for thanksgiving like everyone's already looking forward to next week Mm -hmm. i agree i raced the clock at the faki game yesterday like what (laughs) fuchs does uh where you kick it into gear yes with tag (laughs) and the last note of super tag came right at the buzzer and it made my life i've peaked my (laughs) my favorite part of that whole experience was when he would kick it into overdrive and then we'd be like two to three seconds too early. So we'd have to do super tag, like extra slow. Mm-hmm. We'd be like, bah, 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 da, bah, that's da, what da, I tried. <laughs> so I tried it for the first time on Friday at the game. I was like, all right, guys, I'm going to race the clock. I'm going to race the clock. I did it. And I did one too many. I did tag one too many times, but like it just didn't match up. Right. So I finished tag with about, six seconds left on the clock and that's not enough time to do four but it's too much time to do one so i tried to do a super super long one and it ended poorly and so i got made of made fun of for two straight days about it and then i redeemed myself on sunday proud of you buddy thank you maverick what about you i was at a family function last night and I got to see some of my other family members that don the orange and live the state below us. If you catch my drift, it was the first time we saw each other since September. <laughs> so, of course, yeah, we had to yeah. talk about that fateful game. Did they at least say they were a little tight? <laughs> no, they said they were very scary. But they keep every time they mention it, it's like, you just have to understand when Clemson wins the national championship, North Carolina is there too. They did it in 81 82. And they did it in sixteen seventeen. So he's like, "You might as well cheer for us, anyways." Mm-hmm. That's true. Hurt. No, I did bring back up the hypothetical. He's like, "I almost took your deal because before the game, I was the one that told him we would trade the basketball streak against Clemson for winning that game." He's like, "I'll have to admit that for a hot second sounded like a really strong deal." I we can get into that another time. I think we already did on the podcast. But I think we did I, discuss I, it. I. I had my opinions. Anyway, any well as Colby would. I'll try and, you know, channel my inner Colby. Uh, so, any well. Let's talk about, let's see. You want to do NFL first? Or do you want to, sure. no, no, no. Let's do college. No, let's do college. Let's talk about Pitt. Let's get the, let's get the hurt out of the way. So, I don't know if y'all saw, but Mac Brown went on his radio show, I think it was today, and he said, quote, there are some things that happened on that third and 15 that I can't talk about if I want to coach next week, <laughs> which yeah, is accurate, which but we yes. can all say. I mean, there are some egregious penalties, and I think there was, the stat was that we had not had a holding penalty called against uh, the team that we were playing since the Miami game. That would be correct. But finally, there were some, but there was definitely one they missed. On that third and 15, we can say it because we aren't employed. Dominique Ross got held on that third mm-hmm. and 15. Bad. It was Hold a bad, it. bad miss. It was very bad. Yeah, the, offici- the officiating was less than less than optimal. 
But at the end of the day, we had our chances yet again. And, you know, with this team, it's like live or die with the last possession. And we had our chances and it just didn't it didn't work out. Yeah, so, I don't really think there's much to say about the game. No, it, the only thing, the only other thing that I want to talk about, and I hate to keep harping on officiating, but how is that not? So there were two big targeting calls made during the game. One was overturned and one was not overturned. And one was upheld. Both were against Pitt. I thought the first one was actually more egregious, and that got overturned. So the second one just felt like a makeup call. Which is also unfortunate, but like, I don't know. I don't know how y'all felt about it, but that first, like, he's going to the ground. He's a defenseless, uh, defenseless runner or defenseless player, and he led with the helmet. I don't understand what the targeting rule is if that's not targeting. So, but yeah. it it didn't affect the game, I guess, because there's lots of plays and coach talk, coach talk, coach talk. So whatever. Yeah. I agree. Now we gotta we gotta freaking play Mercer, win against Mercer, take care of business against them, and then you know play NC State. Night game at Carter Finley, likely with both of us having a bowl game on the line. That's if (laughs) if uh, NC State beats Georgia Tech. Mm -hmm. They should, but NC State fill in the blank. Honest question. Is State more dangerous with that bowl game on the line, or are they more dangerous if they're already four, at four and seven and have nothing to lose? That's a good question. Uh, I would think with the bowl game on the line because they're going to come. There's already some intense feelings in this rivalry, and then you're going to put a bowl game on the line, a postseason on the line. I mean, it's a, it's a, effectively a bowl game in of itself. Yeah. I mean, in theory, I agree that they should be more dangerous with a bowl game on the line, but I think we all know from experience and from just history, teams are a lot more dangerous when they have nothing to lose because you have no reason to hold anything back. You've got like, you've, like I said, you have nothing to lose, so why not put all the chips on the table? Why not take giant risks? That's when trick plays galore come out. Yes, exactly. I just see this thing like if they lose to Georgia Tech and they're like you're saying they're out of the ball, no, they can't get a ball at that point. I just kind of see it like as a misery loves company kind of thing where if we can't go to the ball, we're going to keep you from going to the ball too. So I definitely think it'd be still a powerful motivator even if they aren't in the ball because it's still North Carolina and state. I at the moment I still think it just means more when there's a ball on. <laughs> It's a Pac-12 conference game. Pac-12 no, I, I mean, it, it, it truly more, right? it does effectively become a bowl. And I'm not yeah. excited that they put it at 7 p.m. That's going to give them all day to be able to get hype. It's going to give them all day to get 5,000 people in their stadium. Yo, they cannot. I don't ever want to hear an NC State fan ever talk about UNC football. But they're injured. Ev- they're injured. Well, no one – they didn't give us the benefit of the Dave doubt Dave Doran year. is a winner. He's beating North Carolina on the recruiting trail. Just cancel out all of the recruits we've gotten, and they have us beat. <laughs> so it'll be it, it'll be too much for my blood pressure, but I'll watch anyway. So it's, it's whatever. I'm, it's because we care, dang it. <laughs> we care. Um, you think about like all the times where we could have avoided something like this this season, and it's just like crap. We could have not had. We could have been bowl eligible already if we had taken care of business against a few teams. We could be a nine win team right now. That's what Mike Max said in his press conference today. We could be a nine win team right now with two or di- three different things done differently. And on paper, we should beat NC State. On paper, yeah. But the way that our defense looked against Pitt, a team that was notoriously bad at throwing the football. Like, we made their quarterback, whose name I cannot remember because it's that irrelevant. Is it Pritchett? Pritch, whatever. Made him look like freaking, you know, Tua. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll make Devin Leary end up looking like a freaking Heisman contender. Um, speaking of Tua, though, I, I saw online that it was a, a hip injury. To Tua in that Alabama versus what was it Mississippi State or something? 
Yep, Mississippi State. So Tua ends up injured with a uh, a hip likely out for the season. Um, and so really, you got to think, like, what realistically are Alabama's college football playoff chances now that you are Tua-less and you're already at the five spot, having lost to LSU not gonna if they go undefeated, you won't be able to get into a conference championship game. I think they're done, honestly. With teams that are on the like with teams like uh you, you are you, Ohio State's gonna make it. If LSU keeps on this pace, they're gonna make it. I think Georgia, if they perform well enough, will make it. And then for that fourth spot, Clemson, <laughs> it's like I don't know how else you shake it. If Georgia loses, then <clears throat> but yeah, the, I don't the know whole thing I, is yeah. Georgia is going to go to the SEC title game and lose, most likely to LSU, give them a two loss. Would you take a two loss Georgia or a one loss Bama that has a quality loss to LSU? What about Oregon? Like, Oregon. or what about Oklahoma? Oracle. Well, even like Minnesota, they still haven't lost. I no, they did it. lose this week. Gonna, yeah, oh, did they lose? They did lose. Yeah, they oh, lost. Uh, who was it? it? Iowa. Maybe they're done. Never mind. Yeah, they're yeah. done. So, like I said, they're they're going to find. I think they're going to find a way to put Alabama in at this point. And I mean, Matt Jones, their backup quarterback, has played well in the times that he's been on the field. I just think he's going to have to do a. I think someone made the allusion to when Ohio State lost JT Barrett and Cardale Jones had to come step in, and they were still beating teams by like fifty, and so they snuck their way and ended up beating Alabama as the four seed. And ended up winning, right? They ended up beating was it Oregon? Was that the year? I'm out of like thinking the wrong. I don't know. Wouldn't you know, Aaron? Say it again. Isn't it? Wasn't it the, that JT Barrett went out? Like got out because he was injured. Yeah, JT right? Barrett got out. Cardell, Cardell Jones. Jones destroyed Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship. Then Correct. Ohio State beat number one Alabama and Alabama. number two Oregon. Right. Exactly. That's what I thought. Okay, so I had it right. Yes. So they're going to have to do something along those lines, in my opinion, to make it in. But it's a lot harder because unless LSU slips hard, I don't think they're not going to make. They're not going to have another chance to prove themselves. Correct. Yeah. So I I, I think think it's down to five teams, barring a loss from one of the top three. It's down to Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, who all, if they win out, are guaranteed in, and then yeah. Oregon and Oklahoma. I still don't think it's a cakewalk for us. Like, do they not play Penn State this week? They play Penn State, but they are like 17-point favorites. I, I know those games have always been good in recent past, so I know I know Penn State's still going to come out motivated for that game. Yeah, that's true. Like I said, I it, that, it would be a lot more complicated if Georgia beats LSU in the SEC championship. If you if they beat if Georgia wins the SEC championship, I think you have to put them in the playoff. But I don't think you can take LSU out. That's true too, and that's and that's what like I said. If Georgia wins, that definitely knocks Bama out. But if Georgia loses, I think it opens it right up for Bama to sneak that fourth spot. Because then you have, you know, well, you know, what if Oregon wins out and wins the Pac-12? So it's like I don't know how you shake that. Like I said, I I could just see the committee still giving a one-loss Bama over a Pac-12 champion, an undefeated Pac-12 champion. At that point, you have to say SEC bias. Like, come on. <laughs> no, I, I I would completely agree. I just think that's what they're going to do. Not that what they should should do, but that what they will do. Is Oregon undefeated? No, they lost to Auburn in their opener, but they haven't lost yet. That's what I thought. Then. Let me. I'm gonna pull up 538, and I can see what they think will happen if Georgia wins the SEC. That also reminds me, Aaron. Why are Ohio State fans pissed at um, College Game Day? Yeah, I asked Andrew. I don't really know. I think it's because they say it's SEC biased. Everything is SEC biased. So if Oklahoma, Oregon, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson win out, then 
Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia all have 99% chances of making the playoff. Oklahoma has a 52% chance. Oregon has a 35% chance. And LSU has a 14% chance. With Alabama having a less than 1% chance. Interesting. So, basically, it's going to be the SEC champ, Big Ten and ACC champ, as long as it they stay as long as it's Clemson and Ohio State, and then Oregon or Oklahoma, most likely. If Georgia does not win out and LSU wins out, then it's the same outcome where it's between Oklahoma and Oregon. I still would just like to see an eight team an eight team playoff just one time. Just let me see it. Just just let me see how just let me see it one time. Yeah, I'm I, I'm still it. all uh, in People mention it in somewhat vari- like variations of it, but I still think eight teams, the five Power Five champions, and three at-large bids. I still think that works. I don't I'm like having the conference champions guaranteed bids because then you could have a team like whoever wins that, the Coastal this year in the playoff. Yeah, hey, It's like college basketball. I mean, you could have the Big South champion be in the league. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. Yeah, but it's like- in college basketball – those conferences only get one bid anyways, and it's one out of 64, not one out of eight. I, could, I, know, I can see the arguments for and against. Is that you'd have to get really careful about how you do automatic bids because if you just automatically give it to uh, the top – or sorry, the, the each conference winner, you could end up with a team like you know Kansas State in there for some ungodly reason you'd be like what the heck am i watching um but i still think it would be fun i'm all for chaos as per the reason why i enjoy watching coastal football (laughs) so we'll see um are there any other college football worthy or sorry, anything in a college football that's newsworthy? The only other thing that really happened is that Chase Young's suspension got reduced to two games, so he's going to be back this week against Penn State. Right. To, okay, yeah. I did hear about that. So he'll be back. For, yes. He'll, he'll be back for the Penn State game. Okay. What was his impermissible benefit or whatever that he got suspended He got for? a loan so that he could send his girlfriend to the Rose Bowl last year when Ohio State played in it. And he had already paid it back. Whatever. NCAA. Whatever. <laughs> um, college basketball? Nah. Yeah. Or we could move on to the NFL since we're already on football. Let's keep it on football. Let's keep it on football. Let's go NFL. Can I just can I just vent for like two seconds? Go ahead. Do you have a I'm moment s- for me I to talk Aaron about why Kyle Allen is our Lord and Savior? I, I am so tired. I, I, I don't want to hear... I don't want to hear about how Kyle Allen is like the next Tom Brady. I don't want to hear about how we need to trade Cam because we don't need him anymore. Uh, David Tepper, if you're listening, which I know you're not, but I need those brass balls that are sitting on your desk to actually come alive for a second. Uh, You need to fire Ron Rivera. You need to fire Marty – fire Herney, and you need to resign – you need to get Cam Newton back in the lineup because this is ridiculous. Like our team lost to a two win Atlanta Falcons team. Not just lost. We lost 29 to three. The only reason we had that three was because specifically Ron, Ron Rivera specifically said he kicked that field goal to avoid a shutout. Straight up. Kyle Allen has, oh, I have to find it. I know he had four interceptions on the day. He was, one away from breaking the the franchise record for for um freaking interceptions in a game. You, give me one second. Let me let me pull up these fan freaking tastic stats. Hold on. And that stadium was not very full. For I mean a playoff a team in playoff contention. Nobody wants to pay money to watch Kyle Allen in a mediocre defense. We have the worst red zone defense in the league. We lead the league in sacks, and we're the worst red zone defense. It's crazy. It's nuts. I've never seen anything like it. I want you to read. I, I want you. To, I want you to listen to this. Kyle Allen 
has a 61% completion percentage. Not terrible, okay? I'm not I'm not pulling. He has 10 touchdowns, 9 interceptions and 7 fumbles. Just let that marinate for a second. That's a lot of turnovers. <laughs> you could have a bakery, bakery or something. You could run a bakery. <laughs> It's just so – I'm so tired of it. And like uh, it's it's cognitive dissonance because I love the Panthers. I want to support the Panthers. But I can't keep supporting the Panthers when they do stupid crap. And it's stupid crap because this fan base is full of stupid crap. And the fact that we even entertained the idea of Kyle Allen replacing Cam Newton is freaking ridiculous. Cam Newton was having a career year before he got smacked by – one of the Watt brothers, I don't know, TJ, whatever it is. And he had that shoulder injury. Mismanaged the ankle injury. Now he's on IR, recovering, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It, it's just, I know I said last week I would not engage in quarterback dialogue, but Colby's not here to hold me back, so <laughs> I'm just, I'm so over it. It's just, I'm tired of watching Kyle Allen. I'm tired of watching this defense. I'm tired of watching Christian McCaffrey do his best to keep this team afloat. It's just, it's, uh, I'm over it. I'm really over it. So that's my rant. Okay, I'm done. I just hate losing. I hate losing in general, but I hate (laughs) losing to a two-win Falcon team with our quarterback savior, Jesus, that everyone loves on Ford F-150 Twitter and Facebook. And Andrew Friedman Twitter. And Andrew Friedman Twitter, who's really bad at trolling, who I'm not <laughs> responding to. Try harder, young blood. <laughs> okay, Zoomer. <laughs> okay, Zoomer. <laughs> Let the haters be your motivators. How, can we get the over-under on how long it'll take before someone says, okay, Boomer, to me, a 22-year-old? <laughs> I said, okay, what, Boomer, to class? David Michaud today. Well, you said what? I said okay, boomer. Okay, boomer to David Michaud today. <laughs> well, he is a boomer, so <laughs> he's a year older than you, isn't he? He's old. I'm he is not twenty three. That dude is way older than twenty three. <laughs> you want me? I will tell him that you said quote he is way older than twenty three. Quote that dude's at least thirty. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Bad boys or something? I love him. It's okay. You at least thirty. You at least, oh my god, I love that scene. <laughs> he was born August sixteenth, ninety four. So he's twenty five. Old, I think twenty old. <laughs> Anyways, any sorry, any well. <laughs> Mav, the Titans were on bye, right? Oh, we had a bye week, so uh, yeah, we the won Titans, the bye week. Yeah. Um. So the Browns. Um. From the game nothing, perspective, nothing from, exciting happened in from the game, the game right? perspective, I mean, the Steelers' offense is really, really, really bad. Uh, and we oh wait, we that. haven't talked since that happened, did we? No. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> nothing happened. Oh. What are you what are you talking about? Nothing um, exciting or, or, I was, or controversial happened. I was dividing my attention between the two games in which my teams were playing Pittsburgh, uh, both on Thursday night this week, and. I looked over from the Carolina game to the Browns game, and I saw Miles Garrett Assault. trying to <laughs> show Mason Rudolph how much he disliked him. He was just trying to put it back on. <laughs> if only he had just hit him with the crown of it, it would have only been a 15-yard penalty, and that's it. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Pablo Torre. Pablo Torre said that Miles Garrett clearly did not respect the boundaries of consensual yes, uh, head that. trauma <laughs> versus unconsensual head trauma. Okay, so let's talk about it. Let's. Talk. I want your. I want you to talk first before I talk. Okay, so I think that Miles Garrett definitely deserves to be suspended for the the rest of the season. What he did very clearly cl- crossed the line, but I think. Mason Rudolph is really hurting himself. He deserves a suspension because he started the whole thing by trying to tear off Miles Garrett's helmet first and by grabbing him and trying to kick him in the sensitive area. Groin. The no-no square. (laughs) Um, And he is playing the victim as if he is completely innocent. 
he deserves at least a one game suspension as well. But I do think the Steelers are getting the worst punishment of all by having him have to play. <laughs> That's also true. So yeah, uh, end of the day, I think Garrett deserves to be suspended for the season. Mason Rudolph deserves a game or two and the NFL should be on watch for the Steelers Browns game in two weeks turning ugly. Mason Rudolph is, looks like the type of dude that would say that his daddy's got money. So you better watch it out. Well, you better watch out, buddy. <laughs> you, better, you better watch out, pal. Um, so I watched the video and I didn't I didn't really see where he tried to kick him in the cojones. But I did see him try to rip off the helmet. I'm curious as to whether you think that it was a late hit that quote unquote started it, Aaron. Like, so like, I saw the argument that, oh, it's the end of the game. There was no reason for Miles Garrett to, like, he wrapped him up, but then he took him down. He wrapped him up and he threw him down. But I don't think, I don't know if he knew that Rudolph had already thrown the ball because he had him wrapped up. And even so, it's a rivalry game. So, like, those kind of hits should be expected like it's a rougher game in a rivalry game especially in a traditionally big boy traditional power football division like the afc north yeah i i would agree Um, i don't think that that makes dirty hits called for but i don't think it was inherently dirty i think i think we're actually in agreement here like in no way shape or form is mason rudolph like the golden boy who didn't do anything and got hurt by the scary lineman. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want to justify miles Garrett because that what he did was not okay. Like in, I saw some people saying, well, Mason Rudolph needs to deescalate. He needs to walk away. Well, you know, miles Garrett has his helmet and obviously is pissed. Yeah, rational people don't assume that someone's going to swing it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's also hard to combine this image of my miles Garrett that we now have with the image of a man who as Browns fans and maybe y'all heard about it as well. A month ago got punched in the face, just walking on the street and just walked away from the dude. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. Both of them are at fault. Although I will say, even though Marquise Pouncey got suspended, I don't have a problem with what he did. Because like, if, if someone yeah. touched Baker Mayfield, you would want your lineman yeah. I don't have going a problem. gangbusters in there. I don't there. have a problem with him defending his guy after he starts like swinging the helmet and stuff. But I think that he did escalate this, help escalate the situation to that point. You said Pouncey did? Yes. Or Rudolph? Well, I think both of them did. But if Pouncey hadn't also gone after Miles Garrett when Mason Rudolph did at the same time. I don't think that Miles Garrett would have started swinging the helmet. So I interpreted it as Mark as Pouncey and the other lineman trying to like get get Miles Garrett away from Mason yeah, Rudolph that, and then Mason that, Rudolph ran I could towards see that. them. Yeah, I can see that. And then he ran towards them, which he shouldn't have because you don't want no problems because Miles Garrett without a helmet is also a big strong man. <laughs> yeah. If you just google Miles Garrett shirtless, you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> don't ask your mother to check your your internet history after that though. So, it, it's it's a more nuanced situation than a lot of people want to admit. It's hard because you don't want to justify what Miles Garrett's what Miles Garrett did, but at the same time realize that Mason Rudolph is a, a whiny pretty boy who is trying to play victim. Yeah. And so. as well that like I don't think any of us would have ripped off someone's helmet and tried to beat their head in with it, but we all would have probably acted in a non-football manner if someone tried ripping off your helmet and kicking you in the groin and had two of their teammates from your perspective gang up on you. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a very complex situation. But anyway, Maverick, did, Maverick, did you have any opinions? I feel like it was Aaron and I. <laughs> so no, I, I basically am in court because I just, after like reviewing the video and such, I mean, I, it, I think it was clear 
mainly that Rudolph did try to rip the helmet off. And then when Garrett took his off, he didn't walk away. He kept going at him and then proceeded to get clubbed. And then uh, the only thing, was it Pouncey the one that knocked him down or is that another lineman? Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, no, it, it, also, it couldn't have been Pouncey. One of the Browns linemen knocked him down. And then he's like, what the heck? On the floor stuff, too. So it was a tense situation, to say the least. But like I said, Miles Garrett, you absolutely cannot do that to someone. Like I said, that goes beyond the bounds of consensual head trauma, as you were talking about. But <laughs> Mason Rudolph is by no means blameless either. It's also tough because the optics of it are bad considering that Mason Rudolph, like, a couple weeks ago, got knocked out cold. And so he's already had a history with head injuries this year. And so you think about that, and then also the fact that, you know, he's now getting hit over the head with a, with a, with a helmet after mm-hmm. what is being interpreted as a late hit in the first place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The optics of it don't look good. However, he is not blameless in any way, shape, or form. But I can see why there was like a visceral reaction to it against Miles Garrett. Like that kind of knee-jerk first reaction to it. So, anyway. It was the normal Sunday night. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's all we have to talk about with football. Is it Uh, on to the basketball world now? It is. I'm ready. I'm ready to just go full in on basketball season. It's... It's time. So but, this week we played Gardner-Webb, little old team from North CAC, and it was ugly, to say the least, to start the oh, game. So don't – don't don't uh, people are going to at me and they'll be like, you're not a real fan, David. You're always so, you're always so dramatic, David. You're always such a knee-jerk reaction. You're, and I, I know Anderson, this. Anderson, you were I'm being dramatic. dramatic. I know I'm dramatic. I realize that. I know who I am and I accept it. It's fine. At least you realize. However, I don't – we do not look – and I feel like most people would agree. We don't look like a, a top five team. Like we – like right now we're in – the newest AP poll just came out and we're number five. And nothing in the pa- in the first three games screams top five team. To I agree, but I also think that nothing screams not top five team. Like Cole Anthony is – on his own level. And we have right. pieces. We do. It's just we haven't gotten them all to fit together yet. Like we like Garrison Brooks. I love the dude. I remember how frustrating it was to watch him play basketball, but he's really come into his own. Kind of like, you know, it's almost like Roy Williams can develop players. It's kind of crazy, right? Um, but seeing Garrison Brooks turn into a defensive stalwart, and then have a decent offensive game. That'll be good for us. However, I mean, I don't know if y'all noticed, but did you, did you see that like Garrison was starting to get a little pissed off that he wasn't getting fed in the post as much because nobody can make an entry pass. Like nobody can make a post entry pass. Like not even Cole Anthony. No, none of our guards can make a post entry pass. And I think that's where B Rob is going to be super important because I think Leaky is the closest. And then next would be probably B-Rob. Cole Anthony's having issues. Justin Pierce is having issues. Jesus Christ, Christian Keeling. Colby, uh, you are a prophet because you said before the season even started that Christian Keeling was going to piss you off with his game. He, he was spot on. Spot on. So it's just – it's a lot. You can see the potential, but it just has not – been there yet and now it will help when we get pieces like anthony harris and b rob back and i still don't know when or if we're ever going to get sterling manley back um it's just been radio silence on him and you know brandon huffman is our i guess second big off the bench right after i can't i haven't figured out if walker is or if brandon is our first big man off the bench um but regardless Having a couple extra guards with Brandon and Anthony Harris will help because right now Cole Anthony is playing way more minutes than he should have to. 
like this early in the season. Like he needs to save up for ACC play. Load management. Load management. And it's just tough because right now, I mean, this is the time of year where we see all the crazy lineups. And I think I saw a stat where through the first three games, Roy averages like 46 unique lineups or something crazy like that. And he's Mm -hmm. only been able to do 23 because he's been having to be stuck with a seven-man rotation. Yeah. So that's that's going to come with the rotation. Like once we get healthy, we'll be able to develop more chemistry with the entire players, learn how to play with a more deep bench. I think it'll come along. So we're having the the standard November struggles. I think one thing where you're saying like definitely don't – I would agree with you where I don't think at this very moment we're a Final Four team. But luckily I feel like just looking around the league as a whole, it looks like there is a lot of parity at least compared to years past where it does not look like there is a clear favorite. This time yeah, around, I would agree. Everyone's with that. got their problems. Duke can't score. Uh, Michigan State had trouble against Seton, uh, Seton Hall the other night. Seton Duke Hall's had trouble against. Though. Yeah, but st- they're still expected Michigan State to still beat the brakes off of them. Yeah, that's true. Um, G- uh, Georgia State gave Duke a run for their money, and Duke also almost lost that Division Two team in their exhibition. Here we are struggling against Gardner Webb, who. To give Garner Webb credit, was up on Virginia last year in the NCAA tournament when they played that first game. So they're not a bad team either. Mm-hmm. So I, there's a lot of good teams have struggled already this season. So I think overall, it's just everybody's going through the struggles. And you have to think of it our times. It's a lot of new players that haven't really been used to this system. So you can tell there's not a whole lot of chemistry at the moment because they've just truly had not had enough opportunities to play together or anything. Yeah. So ultimately, yeah. once we get everybody else, that will start coming together a little more. I think, like all years, we really need to wait until January, February, before we really start assessing how deep the team can run. For now, just have to fix the little mistakes, develop, just get some good playing time, and then go from there. Yeah, I think that's why my concern level is so low thus far. Because we're so injured, and this is really the first time that all these guys have been playing together. I think that this is, barring any major injuries or turmoil in the team, this is the worst we're going to see them. And And with Cole Anthony, we can achieve anything. Right. And, you know, and what is the whole, like, thing about March where it's, like, guard play wins in March? When you have... Cole Anthony, when you have hopefully a much improved Justin Pierce and Christian Keeling. God, I hope Christian Keeling improves. The the potential is there. It just looks like he's hesitating and overthinking. I think once he rolls into it a little bit, I think it'll come a little bit more naturally. I saw like flashes during the game. He is by far my biggest concern on the team. Right now, yeah. he reminds me in all the worst ways. He occupies the same headspace that Nate Britt occupied for me three years ago. He kind of looks like him a little bit, too. <laughs> Longer hair, though. Not ambidextrous. Not related to Chris Jenkins. He cannot breathe underwater and above ground, no. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> That's a good reference to good boys. <laughs> um. So it's just – it's frustrating. But like you said, nobody really looks like – I mean like, listen, Evansville walked into Rupp and beat Oh, I didn't Kentucky. even – I forgot, completely forgot about that one. You know, Kentucky got beat by Evansville. Like you I know. said, there's not a clear-cut team this year. So it's just it, – it's tough to see it, but – and I know Roy is pissed. He, he's always pissed this time of year, but, you know, he's pissed. But, you know, I have trust – I don't understand why anybody would, but I would hope at this point that after three championships, people would have faith in Roy Williams. And, you know, just think about where (laughs) – I was going to start talking about recruiting and how this next class coming in is already redonkulous. I mean, if we, we can go ahead and talk about that, that was early signing week this week. Yeah, so all of these guys officially signed, Walker Kessler um Caleb Love, um RJ Davis all officially signed. Who am I missing people? I feel Puff, like I'm uh, Puff Johnson. Donovan Johnson. Puff Johnson. Puff Johnson and um uh Dayron uh, Sharp. Dayron Sharp. There we go. Dayron Sharp. So See, a class of five. 
I want Huffman to explode either sometime this year or next year. Probably won't happen. But next year, we can have the Huff and Puff connection. <laughs> the Huff to Puff. I want the Huff and whatever Puff. Puff has an assist for them to say Puff Puff Pass. Puff Puff Pass. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, all five of them signed, sealed, delivered. So that's a very much in contrast where we were getting players in June for this season. So God, I that was Roy like really wanted to secure these guys as quickly as possible. We were getting guys at like eleven fifty nine p.m. <laughs> the day before the season started. It felt like, and again, it's a big rotation. You have five guys where I'd say the only clear cut one and done at the moment might be Caleb Love, and that I mean that we just it's we'll just have to wait and see what kind of level he plays at once he gets to us. But I think it's a solid class with a lot of guys that can be. Still multiple-year guys because I think Carolina still is at its best when we still have a, a core of three- and four-year players and then add on one or two, two or three, one to two-year players. Mm-hmm. But no, a it's, lot of scoring. We uh, Walker Kessler is basically our next Tyler Zeller. He's the uh, last seven-footer virtually we've had. I know Joel James was, I think, actually over 7-1. But – Again, he can shoot the lights out, so he, I think he would play a, a nice four position so he can basically come off the bench after Garrison if Garrison decides to stay. You're then if Armando stays, which I would say at this point, I think Armando should stay, just given what we've seen so far. You could have Armando Baycott and Dayron Sharp as his backup, and then Huffman still, uh, depending on his development. I mean, you basically switch Caleb Love and uh, Cole Anthony, where Caleb Love looks to be another basically a mixture between Kobe and Cole where also has a little bit of Joel Berry where he's really good at attacking the rim. He can shoot it really well. Um, still more overall all around player, I would say. And Puff's going to be a, a, a marksman. RJ Davis can be a, a big motivator. He's one of our shortest players we've had since Ty Lawson. He's only 5'11". But what that I gives see, me pause. shoot really well. Right. It's like it gives me pause, but at the same time, like he – must also, he, be up there for some reason. Yeah, I mean, he said he's like, I want to prove that I can belong and such. And, I mean, he was virtually out of our radar until this summer, and that's when Roy noticed him, and then he basically pulled that trigger really quick. I mean, he's a New York basketball player. I mean, New Yorkers know how to ball. I mean, we have one right now in Cole Anthony. We have um, Scrappy Drew now <laughs> starting to show his skills. Dude, I didn't, so. even, I didn't even talk about him. Dude, Andrew Playtech, like – who would have thunk it? Given us solid minutes, it's like the Luke May effect. Like all these players who I never would have thought would be contributors are contributing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you got it's next man up. So I'm I'm ha- I'm happy for him. Hope he gets more playing time. Yeah. Also, we didn't touch on. It's, it doesn't really need to be touched on. Just mentioned that baby Danny Green on Gardner Webb went to like middle school or something with Cole Anthony. Yeah, they played AAU together. Was it yeah. Perez? I don't know his name. I just know I hated him. That one dude on Gardner Webb had an ugly shot. You like know, one from behind like a, his head, like a Rashard Lewis like shot. Mm-hmm. So next up, we play Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we'll see how that goes. But I mean, have y'all seen our December schedule? It's not it's brutal. Yeah, it's not that. Fun. We're playing Ohio State. Are we not in December? Yeah, we're Gonzaga. playing Ohio State. Ohio Gonzaga. State is number. They are in the top ten now. Twelve. Are they in top twelve? Are they top ten now? On the AP, they're number nine or number ten. We still have a seventy percent chance of victory according to ESPN. Um, but we play Ohio State and Virginia in back-to-back games. Ouch. Yeah. We play Ohio State. Virginia, Wofford, and Gonzaga in consecutive games. And then UCLA. And then Yale. So, yeah. It could be a rough December. It's going to be something. But December is not the end-all, be-all. Yeah, exactly. So, that game against Virginia, with it's it's not so much the fact that we don't look – like a, a top five team, it's that I'm not used to our offense being this 
like lethargic looking. I would say it's that our offense is very raw and it's against Virginia. Right. And it's like Virginia playing against Virginia. You have to value every Every single possession, every possession matters. And we just, Oh my God, the free throws. God. Yeah. (sighs) We, we're not good at free throws. We're not good at being efficient. We're not good at free throws. We're not good at two pointers. So it's gonna get ugly if we don't shape up. So yeah. we'll see. I'm sure, you know, everybody on the coaching staff has that that game circled because one, it's a conference game, and two, just with how young we are and how we look, it's like, ooh, this could get rough. So we'll see. I don't know when they said B-Rob is supposed to be back, but I hope to God that it's... Oh, wait, no. They said the Bahamas in two weeks. They said by the Bahamas. Yeah, I think they're probably playing that a little conservatively, but that's probably a good thing because he's an important guy on our team, and I would not want to rush him back. He was dressed out last game, though. Well, he dressed for warm-ups, but he was not in Jersey. Yeah, I think that's it for Carolina basketball. Did y'all see what happened to Wake Forest yesterday against Charlotte? They lost. No. They lost. They were down by two, and Danny Manning didn't have them foul when Charlotte dribbled out the clock for the last, like, five seconds. Down two. Hmm. How does he still have a job? That's a bold move, Captain. UNC uh, Charlotte basketball on the up and up again. <laughs> Go Nears. Are they oh the Nears? God, I thought they were the 49ers. Or Niners. They go, they go, go Nurs. Go, yeah. go, go Nurs. Go Nurs. Interesting. <laughs> anyway. Go Niners. Let's shift gears a bit and talk about the Mandalorian. Vroom. We shifted. <laughs> Thank you. So I've watched the pilot episode. David, you also watched just the pilot? Correct. I have not Matt, watched, you've watched both. I've watched both. So through the pilot, I'm intrigued. Like that's it. That's what a pilot should do though. There's I nothing think. else that, yeah, I, it, that's true. There's nothing much else that I have to talk about. I felt like it moved a little slow at times. It was very vague, but that's the point of a pilot. That's also very star Wars. I, Liked how it started. It started. I mean, like, listen, you will never get as badass as shooting a door to close on somebody to cut them. Yeah, in half. That, that was, was awesome. Dope. Dope. Um, and just like the little references, I really am interested in the idea of him getting more armor as the show goes on. Cause that's like, it's just like a cool progression to see. Because I think that's the way the show is going to go is that like he's going to get more of the the metal that he gets paid with by that group. And he's going to eventually end up with like that full decked out like Mandalorian armor set. It's going to be dope looking. Um, and so that's interesting to me. The whole bit with the droid. I, it's kind of funny like the, the Mandalorian because I guess he doesn't technically have a name yet. Um uh, started off with such like a mysterious and like vague atmosphere around him. And then as the show went on just a little bit, you could see like the human side or I mean, presumably human side of him as it went along. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kind of like it kind of opened up just a little bit, especially when they got to that point where um, he was at that camp. Even before that, when he was trying to ride that freaking two legged, stupid looking dinosaur <laughs> thing. <laughs> a tadpole with legs, basically. Yeah, man. And he was riding that thing. And um and then went to the camp and, and encountered the droid, the bounty droid. Yeah. Uh, now, did y'all and one I think one of the coolest parts, I think it's gonna ultimately be a subplot, it seems, where I think there's some ulterior motives with him because by based upon some of the interactions where I think he might be a bounty hunter, but I think there you might some have some ulterior motives if especially if you're deeply invested in the canon, you know that the Mandalorian is very much a warring nation and a warring people. And it sounds like there, there's a lot more to it than just bounty hunting, especially when he was getting his armor made. I don't know yeah, if you'll notice. all those flashback scenes. Yes. Yeah, man. 
So I don't know if y'all noticed when he walked into the uh, to get that thing made. Oh, I think we're safe to say this is spoiler warning at this point because we did like oh, a well, yeah. spoiler free thing last week. So I'll I will give you five seconds to leave, or if you want to mute this really quick because I think we're going to go into spoilers now for the first episode. Uh, when he gets the Beskar steel and goes into the Mandalorian camp, he walks down there. And you can see some other Mandalorians there have their armor on. There is one distinct one in the corner in the shadows. you got to look for it really closely. That has some colors to him that looks awful like another Mandal- well, a quasi-Mandalorian that we may know. Looked a little bit like Boba Fett in the corner. I did not notice that. What the, what the hell? What? Yeah, it's like... Look, uh, go back and watch it. It's about in that eighteen-ish minute mark. Um, you have to look in the corner, and it, it Wait, could very well not this? be him. So when he's going down into the Mandalorian uh, smelting, ah, area. okay. And so he just turns and looks at him. It could very well not be him, but it has his armor has a very similar color scheme to Boba Fett. He seems so that the titular Mandalorian like seems well, like technically his name. There, there is actually a thing where apparently his name is out because Pedro Pascal like nonchalantly dropped it in an interview. But if you don't want to look, I, I, it might be a spoiler just for saying, but it does. It's, it's, no, it's a new name. So, yeah, I don't want to know. I want to figure it out as the show goes. Um, but that character seems like he's not quite as harsh as he's putting up. Like, obviously, he's a bounty hunter, but like. The first reaction he had to the to and this is another spoiler warning, ba- baby Yoda. I know he's not actually Yoda, but like the baby species of Yoda, mm-hmm. like the first reaction was very like affectionate. You know what I'm yeah. saying? No, he definitely has some personality to him, and he has a he soft does. side to him. So he does. It's hard to convey that type of character when you have a mask on, right? So, and you could see like as soon as the droid was like, "Yeah, we're, we're about to shoot this boy." <laughs> like he went like did not hesitate and he no. he let the blicky go yeehaw ig 11 is gonna be memes for days especially with like that the self-destruct, <laughs> self-destruct. <laughs> dude that ha- i would love if that's a no, bit don't. through the season i would love if like all the bounty so are like <laughs> and then he's like stop it he just went stop <laughs> stop it <laughs> yeah. so that's gonna be memes for days so I think there it's a lot of com- – and that's the kind of Star Wars humor I think people like. Not Because I know a lot of people had issues with the humor that was utilized in The Last Jedi. Like, oh, your mother's on the phone versus this kind of stuff. Yeah, stuff where like it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. So I, I'm very interested. Um, I'm I cautiously love- intrigued. It looks great. It looks beautiful. Yeah. It's very well shot. I just wish it was longer. I thought I think it was they have Geo, they have Game of Thrones budget, and they're only making thirty minute episodes. Patient yeah, but how many Padawan. episodes are in a season compared to a Game of Thrones season? Do we know yet? Eight. See, there will be eight episodes this season. Oh, okay. So roughly a four hour movie. They're mm-hmm. supposed to be thirty minutes long. Um, did y'all notice some of the references in the? episode i'm curious as to like, oh. what y'all noticed and i, I know yeah. that the, so like the the eyeball that pops out of the like in java's the, palace like in java's palace did you also, notice salacious b crumbs salacious yes i did notice him his buddy's getting roasted um so yes or, um, yeah that was that was funny you have all the mandalorians now you have to think to uh the flashback which it was now revealed to be when he was a kid that's definitely showing some Clone Wars vibes because you saw a super battle droid and a separatist ship in the sky flying over. Uh, that was shown actually in the trailers. So that's not damn. You are perceptive. Um, they did have. Let's see. Oh, I forgot the name of the guy. Um, the bluefin guy. He's on SNL. Horatio Sands. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the guy that drove the ship. Uh, that got eaten by the sea lion monster. Is, I think he's in Big Bang Theory. I love the little cameos. But no, there was a lot of different aliens and such uh, that are references to the old shows and things like that. I mean, you have the Carbonite that somebody obviously learned what happened to Han Solo a couple of years before. And we're like, hey, that sounds like an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, um, oh, when he called for the ship. 
it was the same creature that was like the informant in episode four when they alerted that Luke and Obi-Wan were trying to escape from Tatooine. A little wah, 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 wah. Kind of oh, okay. With the, the long um, nose. So they, the one thing that I saw that I had to look up because I was looking up some verbiage because there was some stuff they were talking about. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, so when he was like, oh, yeah, the Mandalorians like went, tamed the mythosaur or something. I was like, what the hell is a mythosaur? And I guess that's the the like the skull insignia uh, for the Mandalorians like that. You know what I'm talking about? Like with the yes. horns, like that's yes. apparently a mythosaur. Mm hmm. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I wonder what that, like, I guess I just, it made me interested. It did the Game of Thrones thing where I'm interested to, like, actually Google more lore, which is a good thing. So, I mean, I think it's very neat stuff with Star Wars. I think it, it feels really true to the lore. I mean, for someone that's really deeply invested in canon, there's just a little references that you as a deep canon fan can get where it doesn't take a casual fan out of the story. So I am excited. Caution. I'm, I would say I'm less cautiously. I'm more brazenly excited because I, one, I like Pedro Pascal, and two, I think Star Wars is gonna start kind of trying to rekindle that kind of old love for it. You know what I'm saying? Because like after, and I'm not. This is not um, a knock on Episode Seven, Eight, or eventually Nine, or like Rogue One or Solo. But, like, ever since 7, and I know a lot of people are, like, uber hurt about, like, the extended canon being, like, basically torn down and shut down. You know what I'm saying? Like, all the extend, like, extended universe stuff being, like, basically said that it doesn't, it's, it doesn't exist anymore. Um, and so kind of building out that extended lore, like, building out, like, canon does a lot for the community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Like it helps people get reinvested. I feel like between the Mandalorian and what we'll talk about next with the Fallen Order, I feel like Star Wars fans are getting back to a better place. You know what I'm saying? And also, people, there's just going to be people who want to complain. And of course, there's always always people. So it could be so, something a really good project, and people just want to complain about it. I was really disheartened about Star Wars, and now I'm excited again. So that just tells, like, from a casual Star Wars fan, that's where I am. So, like, I feel like it's doing good work. And I wasn't no. disheartened because of anything of, like, episode eight, episode seven. It's just, like, if, I, like, the community has been exhausting. Like, genuinely. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, but no, it sounds like you had gotten another video game to play. I, I bought it yesterday. I, it was too late for me to actually play it, but I was so excited. So I bought uh, – which I, it's kind of sacrilege because I've, I've crap-talked EA up and down. However, this was made by Respawn, sponsored by EA, but made by Respawn, and I love Respawn. So I was okay with buying this game. Um, so yeah, uh, Star Wars Fallen Order. Basically – you take my guy from Gotham slash um, what's that other show that he's Shameless. On? Shameless. Cameron Monaghan. Throw him into Star Wars and boom. You make him wholesome. You give him a cute droid and boom. You got yourself a story. Um, I'm really liking it so far. Right now it's uh, reminding me a lot of Sekiro. Like a lot. A lot of Sekiro. Like. I think just the, I think the defensive mechanics are, are oh, a lot yeah. of the big thing. Where the, I mean, the good thing is that I feel like the lightsaber feels like a lightsaber. Oh yeah, it's, no, it feels it's great. Gonna, it's going to cut someone down if you hit them. Oh yeah, but you can't be like Kingdom Hearts, just button, button <laughs> mash mashing, the, mash yeah. that X button. <laughs> and so no, you have feels... to you have to be a little strategic, and you have to be like a Jedi because, as Yoda said, you know, it's a Jedi's. Power is not – or it's not meant for attack. It's only for defense. I know it's a cliche, but it's like Sekiro's parrying system, Uncharted's maneuvering system, and Dark Souls in a sense that you have to be like zen amounts of patient in combat or else you're going to get absolutely schlapped. I'm bad at parrying. I can't do it on the bumpers. What are you pl – What give, I'm playing on Jedi Master. What are you playing on? <laughs> 
I'm, I'm not even going to front. I'm on story mode. You're on story mode. <laughs> I'm I'm here for a fun time. That's I'm good. That's not, fine. I'm not for being challenged by my video games. I'm I heard. I agree with that. I play video I games. Sidebar. And that's note. fine. People make fun of me for playing on like easy difficulties on NCAA Dude. and Madden. I'm not here to play video games to get frustrated. I'm here to relieve stress, let out my anger. Dude. Don't let anybody do that. You play your video games, whatever difficulty makes you happiest. Thank you. I personally heard that Jedi Master was like comparable to Sekiro's difficulty and Sekiro holds a special place in my heart because it's the first game that I loved enough to platinum on PS4 is the first game that I ever platinumed on PS4, uh, which for those of you that don't know, this means that I'm a nerdy enough to spend enough time on it that I earned all the achievements and did all the extra stuff. Um, so it, it reminds me of Sekiro and I, I love Sekiro. So it, it holds a special place in my heart. So I was interested and I heard that that difficulty level was comparable to that. I heard that grandmaster is like masochist level and I'm not a masochist. So I didn't, I didn't do that. No, also I have some, some, like some Metroid vibes to it too. Also uncharted with the platforming where it's a lot of exploration, to be honest, with like fighting in between, and you could get to a place, and you can see you can go off three different paths. One is like where the story wants you to go. The other two has takes you. You could literally spend thirty minutes just exploring one of the other paths, just yeah. to get all the extra goodies and such along the way. And then you have to go all the way back to where you actually needed to go. And who is it? BD one. It's BD one, right? That's the that's the droid. That, that's correct. BD one, like um, like. This is not gamer like it's nothing to do with like the actual gameplay, but I just love how he rides on your back and just kind of like hops off whenever and just kind of rides around and like scans things for you. It's so cute. I love it. Scan, scan, scan. It's free experience. Oh yeah, and you can get it a lot. So I'm ex- I am enjoying myself. I was a little I was a little stuck for a second because I came up on like four stormtroopers with the little electric things and I hadn't grappled with the controls yet. And I was getting like, I was getting, I was getting Molly whopped pretty much. Just <laughs> wait till you get to the purge troopers. Yeah. So we'll, incre- we'll see. Cause I can't, I can't parry for crap and the purge troopers, you basically have to parry or you're in trouble and you're going to lose half your health bar. My L one button is going to get a workout. <laughs> like I said, I think there's, I tried doing it on the triggers on like left trigger for at least a little while and it felt a little bit bigger because on like the bumpers it just at least on xbox there's a big delay so is this is this game technically canon oh no it's fully canon it's fully canon okay yes so they, i got they've to, said that yeah. um, everything every project they've done since like 2014 when lucasfilm was purchased by disney everything going forward is definitely canon so <laughs> that's awesome yeah, so I saw you caught the holocron thing, right, Maverick, yes. at the beginning. Oh, that was so. I was that gave me feels. Yes, that gave me feels. So it's it gave you a good timeline of when it is, mm-hmm. um, and I'm excited. I'm at to the point where now the world just opened up. I just finished the first level. Um, so this is roughly. Well, let me try to think real quick. So this is five years after the events of Episode Three. So it's really at the beginning of the empire's rise so you think it's still about five or ten years or roughly from star wars rebels if you think of that timeline and then star wars rebels being roughly a couple of years before rogue one so solo is somewhere in this same kind of realm too it was cool like walking around and especially in that first level where you're at the shipyard and yeah. seeing all of the old ships from the Clone Wars, like I saw one of the Republic gun sh- the gunships, I saw the Separatist ship, and like I saw like a pile of droids mm-hmm. of like the <laughs> like the Roger Roger droids, like all those ones. Roger uh, Roger. Yeah, exactly. So it was it was cool. It's nice, and I like the gameplay, and I'm excited to to to. Fr- and I just finished Horizon Zero Dawn on hard, and that was like my big. Like I'm gonna replay this game and do all the DLC, and I finished that. So um, now it was a good time to buy a new game and, and get re into or immerse myself into another game. So now I'm a good ways through it now. It's a lot of fun. I think it has some really good story elements, uh, but yeah, fully canon. And so 
that's always the thing that's kind of tricky with this, even if you think about the Mandalorian with stuff where technically, depending on uh, based off where we are now, it's technically a prequel. And so you have to be careful with the endings where nine times out of ten you know how it's going to end because otherwise they would be present otherwise in other canons that are more present. So Correct. what happened to this character? Obviously, he's has a goal that he's trying to reach, but he he obviously didn't fully see it through. Well, Otherwise, it's like the rebels. It's like the rebels thing. Like if you watch Star Wars Rebels, like you yes. know, like that kind of thing. Especially the way that that ended and how it's starting to like kind of ease its way into the main movies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Like at the, what was it? It was the eight. It was Episode Eight, right? It was Last Jedi. Um, that you saw the ship from Star Wars Rebels, right? And then, no, well, the ghost is in the trailer for episode nine. Is it? Okay. And when all the ships are converging together, the yeah. ghost is one of the ships in that. So are we going to see Hera in there? Or I different still, things like that? I'm still waiting for my girl from Clone Wars, man. Ahsoka? I'm still waiting for Ahsoka. Yeah, I mean, who knows? And Dude. I think it's important to start really putting everything together because I think – that would help for a lot of casuals that don't look into every single part of the canon and such. And it will at least get them intrigued enough that they might try it. Cause I'm rewatching rebels right now. Now that I have Disney plus, right. There's rebels. Like it has all the clone wars on there and you bet your bottom dollar that I'm going to rewatch all that stuff. Like I'm so excited. I, I just, I forgot that I knew it had the movies on there. But I totally did not process that it would have the shows on there as well on Disney+. And so I'm really excited to go watch the Clone Wars again. Yeah, because, I mean, there's some really compelling stuff. And that's and we could talk about all this the other day. But there's a lot of canon. It, the Clone Wars is fully canon, too. And there's a lot of story elements that's introduced in canon that I feel like would have big implications if they even mentioned it on, on the silver screen. I'm excited. The future of Star Wars is bright. Now – it's kind of in a weird place just because with the way that the Weiss and Benioff kind of thing went where now that they're not doing their own trilogy, was it a trilogy that they were doing? Something along those lines. It sounded like it was going to be a trilogy. So Weiss and Benioff and you have Ryan Johnson doing his own trilogy. So we'll see how it goes. But no, I would definitely recommend Fallen Order, if y'all are still considering the purchase, especially if you're a Star Wars fan, especially if you love the lore and the canon. There's so wow. much good stuff happening at the end of this year, so I'm inter- I'm I'm excited to see how it goes. 2019 was a heck of a year for content. It was like lots of great games, lots of good movies, lots of good shows. You know, I survived pneumonia while also also surviving season eight of Game of Thrones. So yeah, it's a time for perseverance. Uh, so I was going to attempt the ending. I, I hear Colby say it every time we do a podcast, but for the life of me, I cannot actually bring myself to do it. So uh, I'm going to assume he's going to use David Cutter for the music. So thank you to David Cutter for the music. Um, if you want to leave us a rating, give yeah, us leave that us big a five old star five star. star. Yeah. Uh, what is it? You can find us at tinyurl.com slash nevermadevarsity. There we go. See, look what happens when we use teamwork. Interact with us on Twitter, both as individuals and as a collective. We need to start asking questions again. We got to start getting questions back from from the people. We need to hear from the masses Mm -hmm. and and get their questions fielded. So we'll see. We'll we'll see how we can work that in there. But (laughs) anyway, thank you all for listening and uh, check back in with us next weekend. May the force be with you. And, and also with you. Roger, Roger. <laughs> and, with, and with your spirit. <laughs> At least we have our health. <laughs> Bye, <y'all. laughs>